Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Interviews, news, and views. You're listening to State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. All right, as we roll into hour two of State of the Nation right here on today's News Talk, I will remind you, my call sign is Hesher. I'm Brian McLean, broadcasting live out of Central Texas, and it is great to be back in the great state of Texas after a trip to California. Uh, very interesting and enlightening trip to California. Haven't seen my home state in eight years, and uh, boy, has it changed. A lot of things stay the same, and a lot of things change. I'm here with Steve Hook. Steve, it's great to be here with you. That first hour flew by. I really enjoyed. I feel like it's been a minute since we've had a good you know, bashing on the COVIDian cult out there in the pandemic <laughs> industrial complex, and uh Boy, boy, did we do a, a bang up job there with those guests because uh, yeah. that's the kind of thing that really gets people thinking. So I hope you're sharing State of the Nation and your other favorite shows at today's News Talk around uh, because they're available on audio and video for download and live casting right now at tntradio.live uh, via our app. I mean, you've just got so many options to to view and listen to TNT Radio. But Steve, um, that was a good beatdown, a good fun beatdown, uh, you know, on the COVIDian uh, aspect right there. I agree. I, I, and it's, you know, it, it was fun, but, it, and it is maddening. Although I do agree with Kent, the best way to handle it is with mockery and laughter. Uh, I, I guess if you lost a family member, you're not too, you're not laughing about it. But I know what you mean. It it does feel a little odd to say, oh, we want to mock this, but, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> what more can you do i mean do you engage in the sadness of losing you know a million human beings or however many or that one human being that's close to you or even your own ability to to you know live your life the way you did before you were injured by a uh i don't know a gene jab an mrna shot yeah not just that but also the uh the, uh, the 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 climate thing too. You see, everything is for sale these days, apparently, uh, including your integrity. If you're a scientist or a doctor, Doctor Fauci, I don't know when the last time he saw a patient uh, was, but uh, very very odd, very very odd. Anyway, uh, but we've got a big hour in front of us. And by the way, I want to just say this to our guests that are that, that, that may not know this. I found something out about California yesterday california is the only state in the nation that is named after a fictional town from a 19th century spanish romance novel which might explain everything i don't know but it might but uh you know like georgia is named after king george louisiana is named after the french king king louis uh california is named after a fake town uh, from a 19th century best-selling romance novel. Uh, and like I said, there's there's some irony in there where I don't know exactly where, but uh, there it is. Let's talk about things going on in the news today, and then we're going to bring uh, our man Ruckus back on. Here's your LOL of the day. The rehabilitation of John Fetterman continues. Uh, this, is, this is rather funny. Uh, John Fetterman, of course, was the hero of the left when he beat Dr. Oz. Oh, they loved him. They absolutely loved Fetterman. Yes, he had a stroke. Yes, he mumbled. Yes, he made no little to no sense at any given time. He has, medically speaking, slowly getting back, slowly getting back. Uh, but now the left is starting to turn on him. Why? Because John Fetterman is staunchly supporting Israel. That's one thing, and that's bad enough. But he's also calling for the ouster of Joe Manchin, which will which will really mess the Schumer's got to be furious about this. And he's also calling for sealing the border. Now, Hesh, uh, what do you think about this whole Fetterman thing, man? Who is this guy? Who is this guy is always my first question. Which Fetterman am I looking at here? Uh, oh, the one in the hoodie. Is that all we need? Just the hoodie and the, you know... I don't know, man. It's. I feel like at this point there is probably been a memo that's been handed out to a bunch of you know Democrats saying, okay, well, 
here's where you can say we, we got to manage this a little bit because we're noticing that our constituents, our Democrat constituents are starting to realize, hey, I can no longer go get my mocha cream pumpkin spice, you know, latte without stepping over, you know, uh, homeless people and human feces and um, cutting through a line of, uh, you know, tented uh, illegal immigrants. You know what I mean? Like people across yeah. the nation are starting to notice it. So, you know, I, I kind of feel like it's it's pandering yet again. It's pandering. Well, I'll tell you one thing. It's not pandering as far as Schumer is concerned, because if Menendez do, does get booted and he by the way, he's my senator here. And Robert Menendez is, is is corrupt. It's easy to say he's so corrupt because damn many of them are. But he is genuinely so utterly corrupt. So to see Fetterman come up and say he needs to go, <laughs> like, wow, that's something else. That would be uh, tantamount to uh, a political suicide in most instances. Maybe Fetterman is playing on the sympathy card. Hey, I just had a stroke. Don't come after me. I'm just telling you this guy's corrupt. Uh, very, very odd. Very, very odd. Yeah, the whole uh, Fetterman experience has just been like, what is this? I mean, and and if I I personally have a hard time with Fetterman stories at this point because of everything that's happened up to this point. Like I've followed this guy's timeline since he became a political figure, you know, uh, before that last election, and it's just like, this is too much. This is all too strange. Yeah, it's well, yeah, it is. But it, but the good news is it's 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 going it's strange in the right direction now. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It's strange in the right direction. It's, it's pissing off all the right people uh, that we want to that we want to piss off. But that's there all I go. have to say about that. Yeah, there's there's that silver lining right there. You're so good at that, Steve. That's why I love you, buddy. <laughs> hey, do you have a suggestion for a possible guest or host that you would like to hear on TNT radio? Or perhaps you have a topic you feel we should discuss? We'd love to hear from you. If so, all you got to do is complete the suggestion form on the TNT radio website and help us make a difference on TNT radio. There's a lot going on, so it's important to stay informed and up to date. Get ready, because here we go. At the top, 30 minutes past and when it breaks. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The White House has issued new guidance requiring federal government employees to prioritize the use of sustainable transportation, uh, such as electric vehicles, trains, and public transportation when conducting official business. Here with the story, joining us once again is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark. Ruckus, uh, what's going on here when people do their uh, their business travel now, their, their government business travel? Are they uh, not allowed to take a, a flight? They have to take an Amtrak? Or how does this work? Well, it's uh, a recommendation, um, but it's, well, guidance. It's official guidance. So I don't know how seriously the federal employees will take this, but they probably should consider it uh, since it's coming from the, the, the chiefs on at the top level there at the White House, uh, who uh, yesterday, December 14th, released new federal employee travel guidelines. These direct workers... See, you know, it's just kind of saying, hey, maybe you should do this. Uh, they want them to use sustainable transportation methods for official and local travel, both domestically and internationally, whenever possible. As part of an effort, uh, I believe the way they put it is this fulfills a promise of Biden's to, quote, lead by example on climate, end quote. I bet you anything John Kerry's going to be very sad to hear this news. Uh, the guidance calls on federal employees to rent EVs when traveling in an official capacity, quote, when the cost of the EV is less than or equal to the most affordable comparable vehicle available, end quote. Well, there's your out already. There you go. Uh, employees are also asked to choose cost competitive EV options where available when using taxis and rideshare platforms, as this will, quote, save taxpayer money and reduce pollution that jeopardizes people's health and fuels the climate crisis, end quote. At least that's according to the White House. Federal employees are also being asked to travel by train for trips less than 250 miles when cost effective and available as opposed to taking an airplane or vehicle. Additionally, federal workers are directed to increase public transit use, including subway, bus and light rail and conducting local travel or when they arrive at the location. Um, 
So, yeah, they think they're leading by example. Uh, The White House noted that California will join the government in issuing guidance by June 2024 to state employees, encouraging them to use zero emission vehicle commercial rentals, quote, where available and operationally feasible. Um, Yeah, end quote. Sorry, the White House, uh, for their part here further on, says, quote, as the nation's largest employer and with an annual business travel purchasing power of $2.8 billion, the federal government is leading by example by shifting to cleaner transportation options, including American-made electric vehicles and charging infrastructure, end quote. That means they can take advantage of the one, one charging station that has been built on behalf of uh, the United States government. Uh, Anyways, uh, (laughs) this represents 1.8% of the federal greenhouse gas footprint. The White House said, quote, these new commitments will save taxpayers money by increasing the use of EVs and taking other cost-effective actions on clean transportation associated with business travel for the federal workforce, end quote. The latest guidance is, of course, part of a broader push by the Biden administration, in this case, to reduce emissions by 50 to 52 percent below 2005 levels by the year 2030. So there we have it. Um, Hesher, uh, I, I betting you might agree with me that doesn't this kind of shift a little bit of money towards the way of uh, some of their buddies who are part of this industry? Just a wild guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would think so. I would definitely think so. Don't you, Steve? I just think the whole thing is so damn absurd. I was just reading a story today that auto manufacturers had, had made a kind of tacit you know, commitment to build these EVs, and now they can't sell them. They're sitting on their lots, and they're like, you know what? We're not doing this crap anymore. I'm going to take the uh, Kent Heckenlively uh, approach and just laugh at them. Uh, it's, it's an absolute, uh, it it is such a sham, uh, and it's just, it's disgraceful. I mean, I would just imagine that if everybody went EV tomorrow, we would have blackouts rolling across the country on an hourly basis. It's, uh, God, I, I don't know, man. I, it's a Friday. I want to stay in a good mood. I want to follow Kent's directive as far as laughing and mockery. Uh, but this is the kind of stuff that uh, just drives me nuts. I wouldn't take any advice from Joe Biden. Joe Biden's got uh, got his uh, nuts in the ringer as far as his son is concerned. The impeachment inquiry. Now he's telling me that or telling government officials that they should drive EVs. I'd tell him, you know what? If you're walking the green mile, old man. We're not listening to you anymore. But that's just me. Yeah, you know, and uh, if uh, if you're a, ever been a federal employee or in the military, you might be familiar with a system called DTS. And I don't know if that's still the one they use, but that's what they were using as of 2016. It's Defense Travel System, and it is uh, one of the worst, most poorly designed uh, IT interfaces and systems in our in our entire government i would say uh not that i've seen them all but i have had to use the dts system for travel before and i recall when things like this started happening uh before it was like we lost the ability to choose our flights we started getting forced into taking southwest flights because they were ever so slightly cheaper you know they kind of tightened the noose on all of that you'd try to submit your travel and it would get bounced back oh no you didn't pick the cheapest flight and whatnot so you start throwing ev ride shares into the mix you start throwing subways into the mix buses and light rails and ubers that are you know uber plus or uber advanced or uber ev i have no idea what you know how you choose i want the tesla to come pick me up or whatever um that's all ridiculous and i can tell you what if you're on travel for your your employer you know whatever that might be within the federal government whether it's dod or something else i guess it's all under dod mostly but um and you don't show up on time or you show up with um a shiv sticking out of your side or you know what i mean like your your job is on the line or at least your reputation in your job is on the line And this whole, you know, so a lot of people aren't going to want to go to these links and take more dangerous options for travel. Let's face it, subways 
are dangerous in many places. Trains are dangerous in many places. I was just told a story by a friend a couple of weeks ago who almost got rolled on an Amtrak going through Missouri. He he had to run through a couple cars to not be um, assaulted and and you know robbed on a train on a public train. And then you look at the the public transit in California, and it's just like you're taking your life in your hands going on that stuff. But yeah, and they haven't finished the light rail yet either. So, and one I, last I, thing, know, I got to one go last ahead, thing. Ash. This idea of uh, leading by example. I know not one single freaking person who is looking to some government stooge employee. No offense, government stooge employees. Been there, done that. Uh, for examples on how to live their life. That's a very good point. That's a that's a great point. Uh, I, I'll tell you what. Why don't we all use uh, uh, Kirsten Gillibrand as as an example and her ill fated trip across the country in the EVs, where they were uh, sending fossil fuel vehicles in front of her EV so they could block all the 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 uh, they they could they could. Do you remember this story, Hesher and Ruckus? Do you guys remember this? She was trying to do this big trip to show the, 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 how wonderful these EVs are. And in order to get to a uh, charging station that wasn't occupied, they sent cars, gas-powered cars, in front of her to block these stations off. That news leaked, and all of a sudden, boy, there's leading by example right there. there there's a good way to lead by example. I'm telling you, I just don't think this administration... And frankly, I don't think this entire earth science of climate change, I don't think I don't think it's winning anybody over. I think more and more backlash is coming. And as uh, as I mentioned before, as Biden continues to get further and further, uh, just spiral down uh, in public perception, I, it's going to go. I, I hope to hell it goes by the wayside. I, I don't know that it will. There's billions of dollars involved, but you're not going to get me to buy an EV or drive an EV or rent an EV anytime soon that's for sure yeah well ruckus anything further i mean i know you might prefer a train to an airplane but mm. what else do you got yeah that's fine but i was just gonna say i think it's time to update a famous uh quote expression uh so net from henceforth it will now be we're from the government and we're here to lead by example <laughs> <laughs> well yes. all right yeah well what an example it is also <laughs> all right ruckus thank you you're watching and or listening to state of the nation on today's news talk tnt radio tnt radio's patrick henningsen there's a dark cloud which is gathering over ukraine this has been an absolute disaster in the last month alone as it reported previously ukraine's lost thirteen thousand troops in october so what does that mean well you can guess that recruitment is probably down so right now the government in Kiev, the Zelensky government's doing forced conscription. Morale is at an all-time low. Uh, we've also seen conscientious objectors uh, who are taking to social media, like Telegram, who have reported uh, that they were just finished a six-month prison sentence uh, after refusing to go to the front line. Some of the forced conscripts rebelled, were imprisoned for six months, did a six-month sentence, and then the day before their release, they were put into a van and then sent to the front line. I kid you not. Patrick Henningsen on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Chief Division Counsel and DOJ have approved a no-knock breach. We want the subject to be on display, doing the walk of shame, full visual impact. Any questions? Are we becoming a police state? Government told American citizens they couldn't go to church on Sunday. For the first time in my life, I'm saying to myself, am I going to get a knock at the door? FBI warrant, come to the door now! The Patriot Act and FISA were used against Donald Trump. These individuals have commissioned the biggest propaganda play in U.S. history. They don't go after the people that rigged the election. They go after the people that want to find out what the hell happened. We don't need to have a crime. What we need is a person to look at, and then we go find out what crime you did. FBI! Our focus is shifting. Our main priority as a bureau is going to be domestic terrorism. It really paints anybody who's right of center. If you're a pro-life, pro-family Catholic, they define you as radical. 
These are anti-government. We have freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. We can do anything we want. The human mind is like a computer, no matter how efficient it may be. Its reliability is only as great as the information fed into it. That's a campaign promise. Tell us the truth. Tell us the truth. We mandate that the truth be told. You're hearing it. TNT. All right. Well, our nation's capital is a cesspool of corrupt politicians and lobbyists. That, of course, is no shocker. It's also a crime-ridden hellhole. Uh, Joining us to discuss this and more is Melanie Collette. She's from Project 21 from the National Center for Public Policy Research. Uh, Melanie Collette, hello there. How are you? Welcome to State of the Nation. It's good to have you. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Yeah, very happy to have you. Um, D.C. has always been a little bit of a sketchy city, uh, especially if you get, you know, kind of away from the mall and that area. But it seems to be getting a lot worse What's going on in D.C.? Really, I could ask you about this about just about any major city, but D.C. is our capital. We should take some pride uh, in, in in D.C., and there seems to be no political will to fight any of this. What's going on, do you think? I'm certainly certain that it is the policies that that particular city has in place that do not uh, prosecute criminals to the fullest extent of the law, do not hold teenagers who are running rampant around the city doing all kinds of things from violent carjackings to, to theft. Uh, it's the policies that are in place that are the problem. If you have leniency, listen, I'm a former high school teacher. I can tell you about teenagers. If you give them an inch, they're going to take 10 miles in this day and age. So if you don't have consequences for uh, these c- crimes in place, then it is going to be a problem. And the best time to teach these kids that that lesson is when they're younger, not when they're escalating and committing more crimes and end up in jail. And then they'll be complaining about that. That will somehow be the right's fault for being too hard on crime. So, <laughs> you know, I, I really strongly believe that it's because they are not holding um criminals accountable or they're letting them right out to commit more crime i feel like if you commit a crime within a month of getting arrested another one like come on can't we say at that point you haven't learned your lesson and lock and, uh, and yeah. lock that person up but that's not that's not what we're doing at least that's yeah. not what's going on in dc for sure well it, it's pretty shocking you know i mean you would think all of the you know, grand, important, elite people uh, up there on Capitol Hill that work here would be concerned about this. You know, maybe not themselves. Maybe they've got bodyguards and armored cars and nice places to go and all that. But don't you people have children of your own? Don't you people care what message you're sending to the nation in its own capital? I mean, we literally have, uh, like, what was that, a senator or a congressperson that was carjacked in the last couple months? So, yes. you know. An FBI agent, a female FBI agent, same thing. Ridiculous. And I, I made the very same argument to a resident of D.C., mind you. We were actually talking about the, the border uh, crisis, but same argument. I said, you know, it's only that many criminals until it's your relative, until it's your mother, your daughter, your brother. Because, you know, they had the, the the dumb argument that we have criminals here, too. It's like, why would we want more criminals then? Like, that doesn't make sense. But okay. no, I, <laughs> I don't get the logic. But, you know, if those kids and they say the same thing about, you know, the people who are committing crimes in D.C., getting back to our our original point that, you know, we can't punish them. Why don't they care about their families? Why don't they? Because yeah. I imagine that they have to operate in this world as well. I, th- I think, you know, I, th- I think, you know, what a lot of this is, is pandering, pandering to a far left political base that is wrapped up in identity politics. I mean, I- I'll just th- here's what strikes me, Melanie, is that here we had in the, in New York City. I know you're a Jersey resident. So am I. Um, but in New York City, back in the day, Rudy Giuliani came into New York. Uh, and he did the basically what he called the broken window policy. If you break a window, we're going to punish you. And he was very tight about it. And guess what? He cleaned New York up. It went from one of the most dangerous cities in the nation to a, well, a shining city on the hill. It was the safest big city in the country. 
And what are they trying to do to Giuliani right now? They're trying to put him in jail. I, I got to think that this party and this ideology is just flat out evil. Uh, I mean, they're not helping uh, the black community. I mean, we say, oh, well, most prosecutions are young black males. Well, you know what? If you don't arrest these young black males, they're going to kill other young black males uh, or they're going to carjack or whatever. And it's not just black, white or whatever. I'm sick of this garbage. They need to enforce the law, right? Right. Enforce the law no matter who is committing the crime. That's that's the way I see it. Why does it matter who's committing the crime? And, and the exactly. part that really just bothers me so much is that, you know, they, they they seem to think that the victims go through nothing. Do you think it is not traumatizing to get carjacked at gunpoint? Who's paying for it? Is the government paying for it? The therapy that that person's going to need, the anxiety, the depression, all of those things. Just because you don't get physically harmed doesn't mean you're not harmed by these crimes. And it's, you know, D.C. is a predominantly black city, right? 55% or something like that, black uh, African-Americans in D.C. If you care about them so much, why don't you care about the damage that's being done to them by being victims of crime? Where are the victims advocates? Where are the yeah. people saying it's not fair to the victims? It's not fair when I visit D.C., which I'm visiting this weekend, as a matter of fact, that I have to look, I have to have my head on a swivel. Why? Yeah. That's not fair to me as a visitor. And same and thing with New York. I'm in New York quite often, head on a yeah. swivel the entire time because of the and, level of crime. And it's How very difficult to me. Why would I want to come very, here? Sorry, ahead, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, Melanie. I, I'm no, just getting ahead, excited because of what you're saying. Because on top of that, when you have that feeling, I live in Texas and I feel that way every day because of what I do. But when and I live in Texas, so I can carry a gun, I can carry a shotgun, I can carry a samurai sword because I live in Texas. In Washington, D.C., it's very difficult to have any sort of tools to defend yourself with in a place like that. Uh, when you look at the way the laws work there, let me address that on, after this brief headline here. Melanie Colette is our guest, a Project 21 ambassador. We're big fans of Project 21. We always love these conversations. Melanie, hold the line. We got a headline inbound. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT Radio. TNT Radio News. Big news. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Documents reviewed by Just the News suggest that Hunter Biden's business dealings with CEFC China Energy, which financially benefited the Biden family, may have originated as early as 2015. Coronary heart disease is identified as the leading cause of disease burden and death in Australia. The New Zealand government has directed Kiwi Rail to halt its plans to replace its old fleet of ferries, used for transporting freight and passengers across Cook Strait. Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. Now, Melanie, what do you think about that? One of the great equalizers is an American's ability to defend themselves with whatever the modern tools are of the day. And, uh, you know, I always think of women because even though I'm not a biologist, I think I can tell what a woman actually is. And I think I can tell who's going to win in a fight unless said female is, you know, really good at jujitsu. And I didn't know about it. But then you start adding other, you know, items in there, like in a carjacking, a, a violent person with a gun threatening your life. And you don't even have the ability to defend yourself in a place like Washington, D.C. because of the gun laws. Exactly. And, you know, I live in a, a state that has similar law, laws rego- regarding the Second Amendment. And, you know, I, I always say as, as a 5'2 woman of a certain amount of weight that a gun is the equalizer if somebody tries to break into my place. If a six foot two, 200 pound man tries to break, break, break into my place, he can eat some lead. And now we're equal. That is how that works. And, and and that's a hill that I will absolutely die on. I feel like there's a lot of leftist men who are like, oh, you shouldn't have guns. Really, be a woman for like a month. Deal yeah. with being you know, a woman, I, I, walking around for about a month and see if you don't need a gun and wouldn't well, feel a lot safer. A lot. 
if you had a lot of these, a lot of these leftist men are choosing to become women. So you never know. Oh, Uh, there's that because it's so much fun. If they had, (laughs) if they were able to become actual women, I can assure you they'd go running back to that male body. Toot sweet. Yeah, especially (laughs) if they're threatened. Well, you know, and and I tell you, uh, Melanie, we also just saw a video uh, today or yesterday. I think the story broke yesterday of a guy that uh, in San Francisco that oh, and shockingly he was he was allowed to own a gun, but he was it looked like a smash and grab was about to happen in his place of business. It was a jewelry store slash pawn shop kind of situation. He goes in, he's followed in by a group of uh, young, uh, yeah, smash and grabbers. He pulls out a thirty eight. He didn't ever even had to fire a shot. He pointed him. They couldn't run out of that store fast enough. Did you see that video? I didn't, but good. Yeah. And I hope yeah. they were scared. I hope they wet themselves. Yeah. Like the audacity. <laughs> and when you when you talk to these kind of these kind of people who steal, they come up with all kinds of excuses. Oh, we're poor. They don't. Ha- I saw this uh, documentary not too long ago, uh, based in California, and they were talking about well, they don't have it, and they're stupid to leave it in the car anyway. No, that's not how it works. You actually should be able to leave things in your car without somebody like you breaking into it and stealing it. It's actually yeah. the opposite. But yeah. good, good. I, there should be yeah. more, more of that. And in and in places like San Francisco, uh, you can't, and New York, and probably in New Jersey, I would imagine also, there are 150,000 places in the state where you can't carry your self-defense tool, even if you're licensed to do so. So what does one do? One has to leave it in the car. And you've got violent criminals doing carjackings who are also doing vehicle theft, smash and grab of vehicles, and the state is actually forcing citizens to leave their firearms, their knives, whatever, in the car where they are being stolen by people who can then upgrade from, you know, uh, automotive break-in to carjacking because they now have a legal lawful person's uh, firearm owner's firearm. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, the argument that, oh, it's just kids, they don't need anything to do. I don't know. I was a kid. I've been bored. Never on my agenda was, you know what, let me go, let me go stick some folks up. First of all, where are you getting a gun? You're a kid. Yeah. Where are you getting it? Like, what what are we doing? I, I just, all these excuses other than moral decline and poor policymaking, those, those are the two answers. Those are the two answers to the problem. So I agree with you. I agree with you, Melanie. Let me ask yeah. you this. If you Let me don't just address ask you a question. the poor morality <laughs> and the bad policies, you're never going to get out of this. Well, th- and that's and that is exact kind of goes to my question I was just about to ask you. Um, it seems it seems like that the, the Democrats are starting their political will is shrinking around the country. People are fed up. People are fed up because of inflation. People are fed up because of the border. People are fed up because we're th- throwing billions of dollars to a, a short guy that comes over from Ukraine and in, in, in his in his fatigues every few months with his hat in his hand. Uh, people are fed up. And of course, crime has a lot to do with that, too. There's no political will within the Democrat Party to address this crime issue. But do you think the nation as a whole is going to show the political will come next November when it comes to electing people and changing some of these insane policies? Man, I hope so. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I hate to be cynical. I'm, I'm a little cynical because I feel like I've been through too many election cycles where I was like, okay, well, surely we're going to straighten this out this time. And then it didn't turn out the way I thought it was going to because, because you know, unemployment is sky historically high. Inflation is historically high. So surely we're going to elect different people. No. So I, I, listen, I don't know, but I'm hopeful and prayerful. I hope that people will really see the light now. Yeah, me too. What, uh, you know, we're, we're down to our last minute or so here, but you know, when we're talking about, you know, you've got, you were a high school teacher, you've got experience with, you know, this age group and young people, how detrimental and, and how big of a factor is it? um, The, the, the whole woke DEI, CRT, cultural manipulation, culture jamming, uh, you, this class of citizens is oppressor. This class of citizens is oppressed and victims. How how much does the beating of that into young people's brains uh, cause what we're seeing now? On top Great of the question. fact that you know there's no there's no consequences. 
I'll tell you in a little illustration, a little life story. When I was a teacher, I was the only black full-time teacher in the school. Uh, more than two or three times, I was accused by students who look exactly like me of being a racist. That's how deep it is. Wow. That, oh, wow. and and the supervisors, principals, administrators agreeing with that with that sentiment. And when I Can called you- them out on being racist for those policies, them saying that I didn't understand it. They were just trying to help us. Amazing. This is a personal experience. I'm the only black person there. Seriously. It's hard. It's It's hard to believe like that. That is, that is shocking. I know I shouldn't be shocked, but that's, that's really hard to believe. I mean, Steve, I promise you that is a fact. Do you guys remember when we were kids, if you went, the teachers and the administration, they pretty much had each other's back. There was never this like, oh, this administrator or this teacher versus this teacher on behalf of this student, unless it was, you know, an extreme case. But over DEI, I mean, this this is really. This oh, is no, not a I was path. told you don't understand. We were advocating for black students by telling them that they don't know how to behave. So don't write them up. That's how yeah. you're advocating. Doesn't sound like advocating. Wow. Sounds like you're saying black people are animals who don't know how to behave. So let's just let them act like animals. They're not getting disciplined at home. They're not going to get it in the school. Right. So yeah. and let's just send them out into the world, not understanding respect for authority. To me, it is it, 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 it is it is patronizing as hell, too, isn't it? For them to look at my face and tell me that that they've read read books and studies. Okay, well, I've lived in this body as a black woman for 52 years. I'm very well educated and I grew up in a predominantly white area. So I think I know what it takes to survive. So how dare you? It's the audacity. Yeah, it is the absolute audacity of it. And that's why I'm not doing it anymore. Several. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. It must be it, it does it does it kind of. I mean, once something like that happens to you inside the education system, I mean, clearly you're not doing it anymore and you're here with us. So, you know, we, we can thank you for for everything you did up to that point and then making the decision to come to Project 21, join us here on TNT for these discussions, because it's really important. And Steve and I can sit here and say these things all day, but we didn't teach high school. You know, we didn't grow up in your body. We weren't called racists for calling out DEI and 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 this sort of thing. I mean, where do you see this going? What is going to happen if we keep telling young people never mind what what their color creed background and financial status is what happens if we keep telling young people hey you're the victim you're the oppressor we're going to go backward anybody who knows anything about education and brainwashing anytime you tell a student you put victory into their minds you put resilience into their minds you put overcoming into their minds that is how you encourage a student a child You tell them that they are the best. How can they be the best? How can you overcome this obstacle? You speak victory into children. And until we start doing that, particularly with students who look like me, instead of telling them that they're poorly behaved and that they can't make it because the man is holding them down, until we start speaking victory back into our students, particularly our black and brown students, we are going to continue to have this problem. You know, let me ask you this, Melanie, because um, I thought we only had one minute left. What happened? Well, we, we thought we, we thought we, we thought we only had one minute left too, but as it turns out, we've got a couple. We did. No, I'm but, glad. But, I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but this this is a question that that I don't know if you, you probably. I think we've all seen the story about the uh, uh, the mayor of Boston who sent out the letter to her uh, uh, city council inviting them all to a holiday celebration for people of color. And then she realized, whoops, I sent this out to seven white city council uh, members. And she had to send out a letter that apologized for that saying, oh, you're still not invited. <laughs> Didn't mean to send it to you. Sorry. I mean, it's funny in a way, but in a way it goes to the, to, to the identity politics that Democrats and especially progressive leftist Democrats now, although that's kind of you know, six in one hand, half a dozen in the other, I suppose, these days. But it seems that they would abandon this crap by now. It's not you would playing. Think, but they won't. And they keep going backward. And I always refer to it as the ultimate racism. I really think on a global scale that this is the ultimate racism. Trying to make black people. If you keep telling, if you keep killing black people in the womb and continue to tell the ones that live 
that they are put upon and they can't make it unless unless the powerful white man helps them. What are you doing to that person's mind? Am, yeah. I mean, am I, am I wrong about that? Like, that's what you're doing. So you're ultimately, they're the real racist. And in that situation where this, this woman literally says, oh, I didn't mean to invite you. It's an all black thing. When during the civil rights movement did we ask for all our own stuff? We did not. Yeah. We did not say we wanted our own schools. We did not say we what we said was we wanted equality. That's what we said. And yeah. this equity agenda is not the same thing. That's not what Martin Luther King talked about. And it's just absolute foolishness. And it's offensive to me. It is. Yeah. It's what if you had a white plus one? Then what? Right. My ex-husband's white. What if I wanted to go well, to the party? Let me just tell you this. Like, her Her husband is white. And he's got the whitest name of all time. His name is Connor. Okay. So, so the, so the oh, Asian the mayor. The black people, I promise oh, you, always have a white spouse or partner. It's it's really mind-blowing. Like, how do you go home and talk about how horrible white people are all day to your white partner? I don't get it. Oh, but, no. It, it, it doesn't make sense. It God really kind of makes Kamala. it. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's either disingenuous or you really found what you were looking for. I'm not sure which it is, but either Melanie, we're lying. out of time, right? Yeah. <laughs> Could be. We're, thank you. Yeah, thank you for staying with us a little bit over time here. We really appreciate you here at State of the Nation. You can find Melanie at Project 21. Of course, we recommend that you go over there and keep up. They have such great ambassadors and writers uh the the political analysis coming out of project 21 is top notch melanie colette thank you so much for joining us we look forward to you joining us again right here at state of the nation on today's news talk tnt radio give me a minute with tnt radio's steve malsberg uh, the latest leftist attacks against donald trump claim he's going to be a dictator in a second trump administration and chris wallace on cnn playing along uh put the question to raihan salam of national review so, Raihan, is Donald Trump a dictator in waiting, or is he just playing? Well, look, what he was saying in that moment is something very similar to what Barack Obama said back in 2014. At his first cabinet meeting, he said, I've got a pen and I've got a phone. And what he meant by that is that if Congress does not do what I want them to do, I can sign executive actions and I can use my phone to rally outside groups to create pressure on Congress to get things done. And this is what he was just referring to. I'm going to be working with Congress where I can to accomplish this. But I'm also going to act on my own uh, if uh, Congress is deadlocked. I've got a pen to take executive actions where Congress won't. And I've got a telephone to rally folks around the country uh, on this mission. Executive orders, rallying people via the, the phone, sounds a little dictatorial to me. Uh, context and perspective. They are fake news killers. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT Radio Vision. I'm Naheem Hines, professional football player and proud supporter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. My mom was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy when I was 14, and I watched her struggle. But MDA helped her get the best treatments and care, and they also helped kids like my buddy Ethan. My name is Ethan, and I'm 12 years old. Thanks to the Muscular Dystrophy Association and people like you, I have more hope than ever before. From day one, they've treated me like family at my local care center. MDA is the only one that funds over 150 care centers across the U.S. to help provide state-of-the-art care for adults and kids like me. For over 70 years, MDA has been transforming the lives of people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and other related neuromuscular diseases. They fund the research for breakthrough treatments, care, and cures. And MDA provides support to thousands of families like mine and Ethan's in communities like yours. Thanks to MDA, kids and adults can live life to its fullest. Join us and learn more at MDA.org today. Issues that dominate America. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right. Well, as we roll into the final segment here, Steve, we've got some breaking news. Uh, this just came out while we were on the uh, intermission there. Rudy Giuliani ordered to pay nearly $150 million to two Georgia election workers he defamed. And Steve, after that last conversation, I just have to ask, I guess it's a rhetorical ask, but 
You know, Melanie brought up the people that are victims of carjacking, the people that are victims of, you know, career felons and yeah. young people who are on their way to career felons who, you know, that are subject to this insanely high recidivism rate uh, out of jail or maybe not even ever going to jail and experiencing that aspect of their uh, choices. You know what I mean? And it's like, what about the people that were carjacked? What about the people that were stabbed and died? What about the people, you know, there's so many people are experiencing violence right now. And I, I you know, Rudy Giuliani is ordered to pay 150 million to election workers that he was mean to, or he said something. Was it really defamatory? Was it really? Because we've talked well, about the Georgia election enough to know that it's probably not defamatory. Yeah, I, I let, let me just, let me just, uh, You'll recall in the first hour I was talking about Elise Stefanik going after this D.C. judge uh, because she's so blatantly partisan, uh, and her name is uh, Beryl Howell. Well, guess what, Hesh? That's the exact judge that Ruli Giuliani was just facing. That's the judge that just awarded these two election workers four times more than they were seeking. You think this is justice? You think that's justice, what was going on there? No, this is political payback. This is political in-your-face, Rudy. Uh, Rudy. We know you cleaned up New York. We know you, for all intents and purposes, destroyed the mafia back in the 1980s. We know you've been a law and order guy. Well, now here's some order for you. $150 million to these two, these two people that most likely probably did have something to do with the rigging of the Fulton County court, uh, the Fulton County elections. I just, I know he's going to appeal this, but this just, to borrow a Southern phrase, this chaps my ass because this exact judge is the one that Elise Stefanik said, this lady needs to be really investigated uh, because she's obviously a political judge and awarding these two jurors or these, uh, these two defend, I guess they were plaintiffs in this case, awarding them four times more than they asked for. That tells you all you need to know, man. And yeah, I think I think you were right. These vi they don't give a rip about victims. They don't care about victims. They, they they care about political persecution. Yeah, no, this is amazing. What an egregious amount of money, too. I mean, I never heard of these people before. Like, did he ruin their lives? Did he take money out of their pockets, or did they just think it's mean? They think that mean mean conservative man say bad things about me i'm suing okay all righty then well i don't know if you guys have been on x but uh <laughs> people are saying bad stuff about people all the time all the time and you know uh if i want to see 150 million awarded to someone uh, I'd like to see it come uh, to, uh, you know, a, a victim of crime in their city and have, you know, that the, the friggin' DA of that city should be the one getting sued for $100 million. The chief of police, perhaps, the senator, the congresspeople, the city council. I mean, it, I don't, I, this, I'm at a loss for words here. $150 well, million. Dollars. $150 million because, because Giuliani made a claim that Stacey Abrams is still claiming that the election was rigged. Stacey Abrams, as far as she's concerned, she is the governor of Georgia. But, you know, I'll tell you something, man. I was reading the story when we were on break there, Hesh, and it said that Giuliani showed absolutely no emotion. He looked at the jury, and then he just looked down at his tablet and went away, which tells me that Rudy is going to absolutely appeal this decision. I don't know what legal ground. I'm not a lawyer. I can't speak to it. I don't know if you, I guess you can appeal this, but it is a civil case after all. So I don't really know. Uh, and obviously with five minutes left in the show, we're not going to have time to do that research, but $150 million. And again, it's four times the amount of money they were looking for. And this judge, Beryl Howell, the one that Elise Stefanik says needs to be investigated for basically flat out political corruption. She's the one that headed this thing up. I it, I mean, you'd have to be not only willfully blind, but willfully stupid to not see what's going on here. Yeah. And another thing that I noticed, and I'm I'm reading this, in, you know, in a few different articles here, they're pointing out that Rudy Giuliani 
um, is experiencing financial problems at the moment, whatever that means for someone like him, I don't know. And, and how that's qualified, I, I, I don't know either. But if that is true, you can really see how, and this is kind of, you know, Roger Stone could speak to this also. General Flint, you know, so many people could speak to this. Uh, this is the ultimate goal of lawfare, I believe, is to destroy traumatize, him. destroy, uh, debank, demonetize, uh, you know, everything like that. Reputation, it, it all needs to be uh, smeared, damaged, dragged behind the, you know, beneath the wheels of big government, big weaponized government. And, and I mean, he's an older dude now. He's an older guy now. You, you see him, you know, in, in, the, in the videos, walk into the courtroom, and, you know, he's, it's just sad to see this happening and know that it's part of, you know, a, a, a uniparty dual system of justice sort of weaponized aspect. Just how utterly absurd it is. This is the guy that on 9-11, every network was calling him America's mayor. He rallied the city of New York and he rallied the nation uh, after the attacks of 9-11. And he was everybody's hero. As I mentioned, he destroyed the mob. He broke up the big five families uh, on the on the eastern seaboard. He did that. He cleaned up the longshoremen who were, who were riddled with these mobsters. He did all of that. But what he also did was later in his career, he became friends with Donald Trump. And for that, he must be made to not only pay, but pay through the nose and to pay to the point where he will end his life, life destitute. That's what they want to do to him. That's what they want to do to Trump. And let me tell you, Hesher, that, that's what they'd like to do to all of us that don't walk their line. And I would, I'm just so infuriated over this because it is such an, I mean, it's not only an overreach, it's overkill and it's obvious and it's i don't know man it's just the, the most insane story 150 million dollars i doubt yeah, he's and, worth i doubt he's worth 20 million i doubt he's oh, yeah. worth that much yeah yeah there's there's no way he's paying it from what i'm reading here and there's a jury involved with this let me just dress down the jury for a moment here a jury ultimately awarded Former election worker Ruby Freeman, no one's ever heard of you. $16,171,000 for compensatory damage related to defamation. Uh, Freeman's daughter, Shay Moss, was awarded $16 million, almost $17 million in compensatory damage for defamation and $20 million for emotional distress emotional distress worth 20 million and 17 on top of that that's quite the pull there it must have just been awful what rudy did to them steve unbelievable unbelievable just unbelievable. crazy this is a crazy nation that is the state of our nation it's crazy but we love america we're just not too sure about our government right now all right steve great show thanks for everything yeah. while i was gone much appreciation uh to you out there thank you tnt thank you uh, I've been Hesher, this has been Hook, and this has been State of the Nation. Stay tuned for Misty Winston coming up next on TNT.